Welcome to American Football in Finland, where a few of us Americans in Finland discuss the football being played here every week. You can follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland, or check out the latest show on perfectpurvis.com forward slash AFF. I'm Perfect Purvis. I'm here with my co-host, Robert Johnson. Thank y'all for having me. And my other co-host, Jabari Harris. Hey, how y'all doing? Thanks for having me again. Today, we're going to talk about last weekend's Maple League results. Uh, we'll talk about this week's game to watch. And we'll have a quick interview with Nico Lester of the Hamelina Huskies. To start it off, uh, we'll talk about the week one games. And I'll start off with the Wassel Royals went to Turku to play against the Turku Trojans and destroyed them 31-2. The first quarter, both teams were kind of getting adjusted to each other. This was the Royals' first game of the season, so I guess they came out a little sluggish. They weren't exactly sure how to put up points against the Trojans. A little disappointing because everyone expected so much from them. But ultimately, they did get the points they needed. They scored 31, gave up a crappy safety early in the second quarter. Basically, the Trojans were just outmatched the entire game. There's not a lot to say about what they did good because there was nothing. And it wasn't because the Trojans are just a horrible team. I just don't think they're as good as the Royals. And obviously, they're not as good as the Roosters before the, that they played the week before. So the Royals' defense played pretty much exactly how we expected them to play. They dominated the defensive line. The linebackers dominated. The defensive backs shut down all the receivers from the Trojans. And Chris Young basically picked up where he was last year as the MVP candidate and lead runner for 2017. I think the guy had 12 tackles in this one game, which already puts him as the top tackler in the Maple League ahead of Roosters defensive players who've already played two games. On the offensive side, the Royals offense, it was a little different with Justin Sutter at quarterback in a different system than what we saw at Sinayoki. They they did a lot of two two running back sets. It was a little bit slower offense. Sutter was still throwing the ball decently. He that thing was firing out of there, but he pretty much was only connecting with RJ Long. I mean, RJ had over 100 yards receiving, and I think he had six or seven catches, but he was the the, the focal point of the offense. RJ made all the big plays. Everyone else just kind of muddled along until RJ made a big play and put him in positions to score points. Also, underrated finish guy, the running back, number 40, Suosti, he's a good running back. You guys need to watch out for him. Like, He'll sneak up on you because he doesn't get a lot of big plays, but he gets four or five yards per carry. He actually averaged, I want to say, 3.8 in the game. So he's a a decent running back to make that offense well-balanced. They pass and they run. But it wasn't as exciting as what I wanted. But it's very good offense, and they'll do fine in the Maple League doing it this way. The only negative thing about the Wassel Royals were that those jerseys they had on were a little too big. But other than that, <laughs> they definitely came out and showed that they're a front runner to win the Maple League, and they beat the Trojans soundly as they should it. Basically, you said it all. I don't have nothing to say about that. You said it all. They don't want to. We know. We know. Uh, you know, coming into our pre- our preseason predicament, we knew Boston was going to be good, and we knew Turkey was going to. My prediction: Turkey was going to be last place. 
Yeah, I agree with the both of you. Um, I think that uh, I think that Turku really needs to try to find some answers. I mean, at this point, they can't score points on offense, and it's going to be a bit frustrating to see, you know, if they can continue to go down that road. Um, they've had two of the toughest opponents, in my opinion, in the league for the first two games, but they're still not able to score points. They haven't scored a touchdown in two whole games, and that says a lot. I mean, they're now using defensive imports like June Robinson in the backfield. I feel like they're at a point of desperation on that side of the ball right now, and they just simply got to figure out some answers or they will finish last in the Maple League. Okay, well, moving on to the game that we predicted as the game to watch, uh, Senioki Crocodiles versus Helsinki Roosters. Robert, you tell us about that game. All right, well, coming into this game, we already knew what was going to happen. It was going to be a blowout. First of all, the Roosters are a well-dog machine. This was their fourth game coming into the season. That's number one. And number two, the Crocodiles have some young players out there. All right? So, uh, with this game, the Roosters have 536 yards of total offense. You can't you, you can't win a ball game if you let a team have that many yard, uh, total offensive yards on you. And uh, also, uh, Roosters were 8 of 13 on third down conversion, so you know, if you're gonna, if the Roosters are gonna, if you have to, in order for you to stay in the game, you got to at least keep the Roosters off the field. But what Santa Yoka don't have, I, I don't think the offense is potent enough. You know, their quarterback, uh, <clears throat> their quarterback was 11 for 23, two interceptions. You got to hold on to the ball, can't turn the ball over. Uh, I can say they rushing yards, 118 total rushing yards, not not pretty. <laughs> That's not good. You can't win ball games like that, especially against a well-dog machine like the Roosters. But I want to say this about the Roosters, though. To me, I think they're like the San Antonio Spurs of Finnish football. <laughs> they just keep going and going. I'm telling you, like, it don't matter who you plug into to their system. They're going to be successful. They are, They only use Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor touched the ball seven times, but they let the Finnish running back, Carrey's U19, touch the ball more than him, and they still put up 50 points. Now, I can say this with Miko. He's doing a good job now with giving Luster the ball more because Luster didn't really have that many catches last year. He, he didn't do well last year. Now, uh, you know, I saw him outside as, as an outside receiver instead of him just being an inside receiver. Now you can move him around the field, and now you can use his talent. Now he can dominate. He had 11 catches for 219 yards, three touchdowns. That's beasting right there. I can say this, though. San Diego, they have a lot of young guys. You know, the only thing they can do is just keep trying to get better and keep trying to build for the future because right now this season, it's a rebuilding year for these guys. I agree with them totally. You know, I, um, I watched the secondary. Um, and even uh, this game, we seen something different than what we expected. We didn't get to see number 43 at safety. You, honey, was playing down in the box. He wasn't over the top. And I just think that this says a lot about their personnel. They have a lot of young guys that they have to force to play this year and they got to take veterans out of position and put them in other places where they really need. And it's just definitely going to be a rebuild year from them. You know, they decided to take a different direction with their ball club and this is just how it happened. So hopefully the best for them is yet to come. It was just the first game. And I think that they're going to be better throughout the season as they progress. I mean, they still have a lot of young talent. They still have a, even a few veterans that didn't get to play due to injury. Um, just to add to what you guys are saying, I think the the Roosters have shown like this pass heavy offense. Basically, they have flip flopped from last year, and like what you said, Robert. Now Luster is getting most of the stats, and now you have 
Jason Taylor kind of taking a back seat as a running back in a passing offense. Um, I know those two guys, they both have a good respect for each other, so there's no problem with, oh, well, there's not enough ball going around. But it's definitely a little different to see the Roosters go this route with it this year after watching them be so run-heavy last year. One thing I got from the game was that the Crocodiles are not the Crocodiles of old. Like, we know that the Sineoki team is not going to be contending for a title this year. They're going to be trying to stay in the league and, and just win ball games. And for them, they're a long way from it. But one positive I did see from the Crocodiles was that Corey Magwood was making the tackles that he could. He had seven and a half tackles. He had a sack. He had two forced fumbles. So that's at least some some sign of hope that this defense can eventually get it going, maybe against a lesser team in the Maple League, just not the Roosters right now. Moving on, we'll go to the last game of the weekend. Uh, we'll let Jabari talk about the poor Vu Butchers at the Tampa the Saints. All I got to say is it was the Poor Vu Butchers show. Poor Vu went down to um, on the way, and they just said that, hey, we're a new team, and we're going we gonna to come on the road, and we're going to uh, prove it. Um, for me, I think that this was a good start for them. I mean, last year this was a team that struggled to even compete with the Saints, and for them to come out and just blow them out the way that they did. I mean, that defense was lights out. You can see that they, they still have a lot of young players. They have a lot of juniors that played last year who are now – second, third-year guys in the Maple League, and they're starting to play with some confidence. But also at safety, they got Nico Rocco back, a former national team safety for the last six years, and he was coming downhill laying the boom. I mean, Tampa Day, they really didn't have any answers for the offense or the defense. I mean, Jordan Moore, he he went wild on him. I mean, looking at the stats, he didn't statistically, you know, stand out because they did they did exactly what they needed to do. The Butchers, they controlled the ball. They didn't have many turnovers. There were no fumbles, no interceptions. And Jordan Moore, he stood in the pocket and completed the passes he was supposed to complete. I mean, he went, I think he completed seven out of 13 or something like that. And out of those incompletions, he maybe had four or five touchdowns dropped. So he ended up having four total TDs, two through the air, two with his legs. And that pro-style offense they were in, it, it looked phenomenal. I mean, they were under the center. They had fullbacks. And that running back ran wild. I mean, Darian Hall, he had 19 carries, 215 yards, two touchdowns. He dominated the ground. Right now, he's the leading rusher in the league off of one game. And the Roosters and Turku have played two or three games. That 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 guy's going to be dangerous. He's not a big guy, but when his, his open field speed was crazy. As far as Tampa Day, they're in trouble. Um, the reason being is because they lost – in that game, they had two veteran corners, DB safeties to go down. So now for the rest of the game from the third through the fourth quarter, they had 17, 18, 19-year-olds out there. And from what I saw, if that's what's going to be in the Maple League for them, they and Turku are going to be fighting for the last place. It's going to be a dog out fight between them two because they are in trouble. That defense had absolutely no answers. To be honest with you, I was in the stands. To be honest with you, Porvo could have scored 50 points on them if it wasn't for penalties. I mean, Porvo got on the 10 to 20 a few times, and they got consecutive holding false start calls that moved them all the way back to the 40 to 50. They they bailed Tampa Day out this game. So they definitely solidified that right now, as we predicted, they could be a top they could be a top four team. 
Well, I wanted to add some different stuff to it, but you said everything that needed to be said in there, Jabari. Uh, just a couple of things that I noticed in the game about the Butchers, their defense is going to be good. Like you said, they got the, the national team defensive back, Nico Royko back. But on the D-line, I do not want to mess up this man's name. He was, play, he was number 55, Yessi. Vocal, I can't say his last name. I'm sorry. But your first name is Yessi, man. If you're listening, you was doing your thing. Him and Nico Penanen, they were putting pressure on that quarterback from the Saints the entire game. He never got to sit in the pocket. And he was uncomfortable the entire game. Like, their stats might not prove it, but these two guys, they were putting pressure. Every play, if you see the pictures online, you'll see the pictures. They're in the frame and he's running. Because they're putting that pressure on them. If they could continue that with Carbon at linebacker and Roy and Roach at linebacker, of course, making all the sure tackles and putting people in positions that they're not comfortable, this defense, they could actually beat some of these top teams in the Maple League this year. That's the biggest takeaway from this game is that this defense is for real. Yes, they 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 were coming. I mean, they they mixed their fronts up. A lot. They they had three down. They had four down. They blitzed off the edge. They blitzed inside. But what I liked the most outside of the game was the structure of the team. I mean, they look like a totally different team from the past. I mean, from the from the way that they came out pregame, the way that they were organized, the way that they were on the sideline, they were simply organized as a club. I mean, they had a whole staff of coaches. Everybody mm-hmm. was disciplined, and they just looked like a team that's making the right steps. One thing that I want to point out about this game, the MVP candidate, the Butchers have other receivers that are stepping up. Miko Seppinen had one catch for 28 yards and no touchdowns. However, Mm. Jordan Moore still threw two TD passes. What does that say? They are building other athletes on this roster. I mean, Jordan Moore, he he didn't get touched the whole game. The offensive line, Posse, and those veterans, he was allowed. He was doing three, five, seven-step drops from under center. They weren't just in the gun. They were under center. And this guy, third and 15, throwing darts on dig routes, post routes. Not to Seppinen, but to other receivers. I really believe that they have been underestimated in this offseason. I mean, when they came to the sideline, they had about 45, 50 guys suited up. They got depth. Mm. They were organized. They were Mm. organized. Between every position, you see the coaches bring out the boards, go here, go there. But also, one thing that I liked is the guys trust Jordan Moore. The whole game, he was vocal. And that's one thing that I don't really think that they had last year. This guy was vocal. This guy spoke. He was in the defense's ear. He was in the coach's ear. And they rallied around him. But what I like about it is him and that running back, they play well together. You see on the film where when they're running the options of Jones owns, Jordan's downfield trying to block. They are playing for each other, and that's what's going to make them dangerous. And that's one thing Porvo is known for. They are the finished team for that reason. Mm. When they build a solid core and they build a family, they play as a family. And that's what's going to allow them to be in the mix with the top three and the top four this year. Hey, hey, I agree with y'all, but hey, look, um, <laughs> I think uh, me and Purvis, we was talking about it yesterday. Didn't nobody really talk about the Butchers running back. To think about it, and nobody really talk about this guy before the season. He came out of, yeah, and, and, and he came out and had, had a game like this. But let me tell you, those, those championships that the Butchers have won, like five in a row, they played this type of football. They played power football, they ball control, 
and their defense and their defense was good. Only thing the Bushes got to continue to do that, 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 to, is to control that football, keep pounding that ball, and their defense gonna go to work. I had these guys borderline. I had the Butchers fifth and Tampa the fourth. Okay, but I, it was kind of borderline. But I think, like you say, Jabari, though Butchers can make a push for this playoff and and and, and make a push for these top seeds. Yep, I think that I give kudos to the coaches because. They didn't ask their imports to go out and do more than what they should. I mean, they didn't ask Jordan Moore to go out and throw 35 times. They didn't even ask him to rush 50 times. They allowed everybody in the offense to play a piece. They put the guys in the position to where they can't succeed in the offense. And that's going to be the biggest difference. Like we talked about right now, Brandon Connett is throwing the ball over 60 time over 60 percent of the time in the game but what Lord we've it. seen what we've seen in finished football recently when it gets to the playoffs you have to be able to control the clock and you have yep. to be able to run the ball and that's what i'm liking about the butchers because they're balanced right now i can't look at the film and say oh they only run oh they only pass i mean jordan moore had 60 yards the running back had 250 they had a few <clears throat> finished running backs with 20 of their own on the ground, they had almost or over 300 yards rushing. 275. That's 275. Mm. That is dangerous. And that's what's going to allow them, if they can keep their guys healthy, if they can run the ball like that, I don't think that it's anybody that they can't compete with. I'm not convinced to say, oh, they're going to go out and beat Boss or go out and beat the Roosters. But compared to the other teams we've seen face them, I think that they can line up and be some sort of a competition right now. Mm, you're right, boy. <laughs> I mean, that old butcher's football coming back. <laughs> I, I think one thing we all agree on is it's exciting to see the butchers back in the mix after the yeah. uh, first week of everybody kind of playing. So that's everything that happened this weekend in the Maple League, but they're back at it on Thursday. Tampa the Saints are going to be going to Homelina to play against the Homelina Huskies. And then on Monday night, we got Sinioki Crocodiles at the Wasser Royals for, I think it's called the Botnia Bowl or Botnia Bowl. It's it's a big game. It's going to be indoors in Wasa on Monday night. Even though all three games should be competitive, only one can be the game to watch. So, since this will be the Maple League debut of the Hamelina Huskies, the Tampa the Saints at Hamelina Huskies is going to be our game to watch this week. We will each get one sentence to describe why this is the game to watch. We'll start with Jabari, then go Robert, and I'll end it. I'll end it all. I think that this is going to be the game to watch because we really get to see what kind of product that Stan Barrowell is putting together in Hamelina for the Maple League this year. Mm. Okay, I can say Stan Betwell. Stan Betwell. Everybody going to see what this guy has. That's it. I'm going to say exactly what you all said. Stand dead well. <laughs> so that's it. That's pretty much what we think about that game. Before we get out of here, let's hear what Nico Lester from the Homelina Huskies has to say about this week's upcoming game. All right. What's up, Nico Lester? What's up, Mr. Purvis? Nothing much. We appreciate you coming on the show today, man. I'm a big fan. You know, Nico Lester, the man, the <laughs> legend. Appreciate that. Thank you for having me. 
Yo, we'll get right into it. Let's just get into some questions and pick your brain a little bit. So, new team, same Nico Lester. With the Huskies, can we expect the Swiss Army knife Nico Lester we saw with Sinayoki Crocodiles last year? <laughs> the Swiss Army knife Nico Lester. Yeah. First of all, I got to ask you the question, like, how did you guys come up with that name? <laughs> I've been asking myself since the last Swiss year. The Swiss Army like, knife? Yes, exactly. I mean, well, it's pretty simple. You do everything. You you play defensive back. You play cornerback. You play safety. You probably can play linebacker. You play receiver. You play running back. You probably could play quarterback if you needed to. Like, I'm surprised they didn't tell you to gain 30 kilos and put you on the defensive line. Swiss Army <laughs> knife. You can do it all, man. But is that what you're going to be doing with the Huskies this year? Is it going to be similar to what you did with Sineoki last year? Oh, I believe, yeah. I believe so. I mean, I ain't going to take – I never take nothing away from, you know, the homegrown players. So, from our, I don't want to take away from our finished players. Let's put it like that. And we have decent, you know, or pretty good corners, actually. So, I think I'll have more on offense this year than on defense. But either way, you know, whatever it comes down to, game situation, game plan, you know, I do what coach tells me to and just, you know, contribute to a team win. That's, you know, what all I do and looking forward to that this season. Well, this is going to be the Huskies' first game in the Maple League, so a lot of eyes are on this matchup. A hot topic is the amount of imports you guys have on your team. Do you feel like the import situation in Hamilina is helping or hurting the Huskies, like, team culture? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, being around in Europe, you know, playing for several teams, I've been on teams where imports come in, especially, you know, New Yorker Lions is kind of similar, even if they're not, you know, from um, America or, you know, countries football dominant. But here I can tell that the imports we have – you know, most of them, like, work part-time or full-time. So it's not like we got imports that are getting paid or anything. They just want to get better and work their craft. So we have imports, but also we have our finished players coming to practice. So I think it's a big Stan Bedwell, you know, our head coach and quarterback. I think he's do- he did a great job, you know, preparing this team for the Maple League. And um, I believe with the imports that we got and all the knowledge – and the skill sets, the finished players can learn a lot from us and get better, you know, focus on their skill set. And once we leave, I believe this team will be a, will be a, you know, contender for the rest of the years coming. So I think it's not taken away from the finished players. Like I just said, we have great finished players, but I think with the leadership of, from our side, the players that are in Rome and me, you know, Coach Stan, like several players coming in or that are in that have, you know, the knowledge of the game to pass that along to the finished players. That's going to help them a lot. So they don't need us around or don't need any imports no more coming in the future. So I don't think it's taken away at all. No. Offense or defense, which one is your preferred side of the ball? Swiss army knife Lester. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, that's, a, that's always been a hard question. I mean, I'm honest. And, I mean, everybody knows it, too. Like, I've never per- per- perfected, you know, perfect pairs. I've never perfected <laughs> any um, <laughs> never perfected any position. I always, when I started football, I wanted to play running back just because I was a big Adrian Peterson fan. And 
But my coach then just threw me at wide receiver back then because we already had a good running back. So I just started off with wide receiver. And like I said, to be honest, I just um, love playing the game. It doesn't really matter anyway. Like I keep telling my teammates too, like, if I got to be a water boy, I'll be the water boy, you know, <laughs> make my teammates, you know, hydrate, make them feel good. Because at the end of the day, it's, you know, I'm about my teammates and being a team player. So I play offense, defense, and it's a hard, hard question if you really ask me. Like, I love to hit, but I also love to run and score touchdowns. Yeah. So... Yeah, I can't really put that answer. You know, oh, put man, it, can't that. pick one? If I... Uh, if you had to, if it was life or if death. If I had to. Life or death, which one are you picking? I'd have to go now with defense. All right, all right. And, yeah, Tyron Matthews is one of my favorite players probably, so... Honey Badger, um, Swiss Army you. Knife, similar. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, probably defense now. All I right. used to be offense, my still am, but let's put it like this. If I had to go to the league and the league you have to choose a position, yes. I'd probably go to defense. Yeah. There you go. I was at, at one of the Huskies camps this year and I noticed that you guys had a had a big music box blaring their entire practice. It didn't distract you guys from practicing high tempo and focusing on football. So does this this fun yet focused atmosphere describe what the Huskies are about this year? I think the music is more to like create a good atmosphere and practice, but also to like, like simulate the stands, like the voices and the crowds when we're playing games. So we're already, you know, used to the screaming and yelling and all the loud loudness going on around us while we're on the field. So at the end of the day, it's going to be loud. You know, yeah. that's why we practice with the music and the loudness around us. So I think it's preparing us pretty well. And, yeah, it could only be positive outcome, you know, coming into game day. So I think that's a pretty good idea we're doing that every practice. I'm sure you saw the Saints against the Butchers last weekend. Yeah, we went up there, yeah. I watched it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So you were there. So I was there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about the Saints' offense? will be a focus for you on defense? Um, The Saints offense, they're pretty, you know, they don't run nothing crazy right now with what I've, I've seen. But I can't also, you know, say anything about the offense because the quarterback just can't, as far as I know, the quarterback just got in like a week of that game. So like last week. Yeah. And yeah, for my, in my, in my opinion, like, we have to keep him in the box. That's for sure. Um, he's dangerous. He can throw on the run and throw. Um, only thing I believe is he needs a little bit more help from his wide receivers. Mm -hmm. um, which also I don't know if you've seen it, like second half. But you know they had Jeff Coat come in then on wide receiver as well. So I think coming into this game, we have to just be prepared to imports being on the field to Americans and Jeff Coat playing more wide receiver. So that's what I'm looking in, and I believe coaches looking into that too. But other than that, our game plan is going to be simple. You know, we're just going to run our things and practice how we practice every time. It's nothing – we ain't going to, you know, really prepare for anything crazy. We're going to run our defense, how we run it, and, yeah, just to go from there. Ain't going to be nothing fancy now, like game planning a certain player, but we definitely got to keep the quarterback in the pocket. That's But that's just my opinion. What about their defense? 
I mean, you're playing offense as well. So, did you see anything on their defense that you think y'all will try to expose on offense on the offensive side? Um, they have a pretty good D line. Um, to say that linebacks are good too. I think their weak point is in the backfield, probably because not because let's say because we have good right receivers on our side. Mm-hmm. It's not because they're weaker or nothing. I think just on our side we have better receivers than they have dbs and i'm just put it like that so it's gonna be a long day for them if we pass and you know with reuben tommy penta like rube uh roman runner you know and me it's gonna yeah it's gonna be a long day for them but <laughs> i'm just looking for a good game <laughs> that's all i say <laughs> going into the game the saints have one game under the belt and it, it kind of left a nasty taste in their mouths because they they had a home game for a season opener, and they basically got whooped by the Butchers. What do the Huskies have to do to make sure the same thing doesn't happen to you for your first home opener in the Maple League against <laughs> against the team that has already played a game? This is your first yeah. game. Just like I said, I don't think we um, – we're not going to take them lightly, of course. Huskies, we have, they have to prove themselves, or let's say we have to prove ourselves. It's their first year ever in the Maple League, so we're not going to go into this game thinking we're going to kill them, you know, or go hard on them, outscore them by, like, 50 points. But also, like, we're confident that we're going to beat them. Go through our game plan, you know, stay sound in our game plan come game day, and then I think we should be good. Like, that's why I'm like, when you're confident, you know, it's not a lot you have to worry about. You just execute come game day and then try to get that dub, take it home with you. And that's, I think, that's what we're about to do this Thursday. Last question. Stan Bedwell is like 85 years old in football years. <laughs> if he happens to go down with an injury or something, what will you guys do? Do you put the ball in the hands of young Emmy at quarterback does Nico Lester expand his duties to become a quarterback? What is the contingency plan for you guys? <laughs> I don't. I'm a person. I don't really, you know, like draw the devil into the wall. Um, I believe coach is gonna be fine. Our, our quarterback, let's put it like that, mm-hmm. he's gonna be perfectly fine. Um, of course, you know, if something happens, but we all hope will not. I think we'll have enough backup plans to get the job done as well like i said coach is a mastermind he's really good at game planning he's really good at adjusting so if that should happen he will perfectly have an idea to know who to put you know in the position to finish the game strong or to lead the team to victory so i'm not worried about that and like i said i'm not worried about him you know getting hurt or injured none of that like he's gonna be perfectly fine we're gonna finish the season strong you know all together and see where we end up Hopefully, of course, a championship. That's, you know, that's the goal. It's a big goal, you know, for a team coming up, but that's what I'm looking at. I appreciate those answers, Nico. You guys seem like you you put together enough work that you're confident in what you're going to do this year. And I wish you the best of luck this year in the Maple League, you and the Homelina Huskies. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me again, you know, on the podcast. I love what you're doing. You know, keep pushing it. I love it. I love it so much, you know, spreading the love. And the word of the game of American football, especially here in Finland, because I believe it's going to become bigger, you know, years to come. And you're doing the step for that. So you're taking the step for that. Appreciate it. Thanks to Nico Lester for taking the time to talk to us. 
That's it for us this week on American Football in Finland. I'm Perfect Purvis with Robert Johnson. Y'all take it easy now. And Jabari Harris. See y'all next week. Have a good one. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland or check out the latest show on perfectpurvis.com forward slash AFF. See you next week.